Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. This episode brought to you by Rumpel, the ultimate sales management app for the broadcast industry. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. Gender representation on country format radio. A new study from the University of Ottawa's Dr. Jada Watson finds that women are getting less airplay than ever on country music radio. In 2000, women accounted for 33.3% of songs on year-end airplay reports, while last year, they came in at 11.3%. In terms of spins, the ratio of men to women on country radio was 9.7 to 1. The top-played male artist, Kenny Chesney, had nearly twice as many spins at just over 6 million as the top-selling woman, Carrie Underwood, who was played 3.1 million times. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, Dr. Jada Watson. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in this topic. Well, I've actually been researching country music, gosh, since 2006. It started um, during my master's degree here at the University of Ottawa, where I now teach. And, you know, at the time, I I was just really fascinated by the Dixie Chicks and still am but it started out really with looking at their video not ready to make nice in in the wake of that backlash and um, that turned into my first publication but that's really where all of my interest in researching country music started was with the Dixie Chicks and looking at the ways in which they they turned their radio boycott situation into just such a dynamic and important political message for women, for women in general and for free speech at a time when the U.S. was just um, in sort of inner turmoil over the war in Iraq. So specifically with gender representation in the country Mm -hmm. music industry, how did that get on your radar? And how difficult was it to find a funding body that would support this kind of work? That's interesting, too. I, I've i always been interested in issues of gender representation, and like everyone else, I certainly noticed when I turned on the radio that there just weren't as many women, and I wasn't hearing the women that I was, you know, hearing in the late 90s, early 2000s that that represented sort of my youth. And it just slowly over time, I have a degree in information science. So I just, as I started to learn more about what was possible with with data from my field, I just, this this idea developed over time to, to look at popularity charts. Um, and I'm, it's certainly not new. Many scholars have done it before, but from the field of musicology, it's not, um, it's not the norm. Um, but because I have this dual background in information science and musicology, um, it just it ended up being a natural progression in my work. And as for funding, um, I'm just really fortunate being a researcher in Canada and having and and having a position here at the University of Ottawa as an adjunct professor. I I have the ability to submit funding applications to the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada, and 
I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I wrote the proposal and I, I put a lot of time into my application and I was one of the lucky ones that year and I was able to receive this funding. Let's go over some of the findings. In your mind, mm-hmm. what's the most startling indicator out of your report? The thing that surprised me the most was with regard to spins. You know, as some people have pointed out, these numbers, well, I guess a lot of people have pointed out, these numbers aren't, aren't really surprising given what we've seen. And, you know, I have, a, I have an article out on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, which is a whole other interesting phenomenon. And the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative has their brilliant report on the year-end uh, the year-end Hot Country Songs chart as well. And there's, there have been many incredible studies that have essentially shown the same type of decline in the number of women and the number of songs by women over time. So in many ways, my results aren't new, but what, what's interesting here is that we're, we're looking at radio airplay through media-based data. And so when I was able to look at the year-end charts and look at the number of spins between male artists and female artists, that's where I started to get really um, surprised with what I was seeing. And, you know, there, there, are, there are people who think that this data isn't really showing discrimination, and, and they're all, you know, they're going to say that because this has been where they've um, placed their career. And not everyone is is discriminating, and I and I recognize that as well. But when you see that men have by 2018 10 plus millions of streams on the year-end chart, and women have one million, that's such a discrepancy. And you can speak of free market, you can speak of audience preference, but ultimately, audiences have been bred to like certain things over time. And that's my biggest fear is that through the ways in which artists are included into an, a station rotation, that what if radio is playing a role here in in creating an ecosystem that doesn't favor women? Are there any indicators that outside country radio, this is not the case and, and that gender gap is smaller in terms of radio airplay? I'd have to go back and, and relook at some studies. I know Annenberg Inclusion Initiative has done some wonderful work on the Hot 100, and they have certainly shown that there is there is gender inequality on that chart, but I don't think it's as pronounced as, as country. And I know there are earlier studies that look at uh, the period of 97 to 2007, and they too show gender inequality, but again, the gap is not as pronounced. But I, I would not be surprised if we were to find similar relationships on other charts. And I think any rock charts, which which has shown quite a bit of inequality. And my students often work with radio or billboard data, and they also um, are finding some interesting results with regards to gender inequality. Anecdotally, is there any response from the industry as to why this is happening? There are uh, there are definite responses. You know, some people do speak of this quota that there's a that radio programmers are using a 13 to 15 percent quota when they're looking at songs uh, by artists. There's a, a belief that this is the result of the free market and that it's audience preference. 
and so it depends really on on which side of the of the debate you're on and from from outside of radio i know that we get a lot of heat and criticism for looking at things like spins and the number of artists and the number of songs on the weekly charts and not going into certain other avenues. Uh, Part of it is that we don't have access to that data. But I also know that that the number of spins is telling even, even if for some it's just simply adding up some numbers. Doesn't look great right now. So we should be clear that this particular study looks at American country radio, but you have plans to look at Canadian country music radio. Absolutely, absolutely. And with Canadian data, it's it's a whole different it's a whole different ballgame, right? Because we have federal regulations that uh, govern uh, radio content in Canada. So um, we have to also take into consideration the fact that, in addition to just looking at the number of men and women, we have to consider the fact that we have language laws, that we have Canadian content laws, and so. Um, that is going to be a, a really fascinating puzzle to look at, but there's sort of these additional issues that we need to parse out when we're looking at the Canadian radio airplay data. You mentioned that the Canadian study will take a lot more time. Yes. Yeah, I anticipated that it would need more time because, I, you know, I have a, I have a, a pretty good understanding of uh, our our legislation, but to really understand it, I'm going to need to do a really thorough examination of the law, and I would really like to sit down with some of our program directors, even just here in Ottawa, but if, I, if more would be open to speaking with me, I'd love to talk about how they program within the context of our federal laws, because that's a huge piece of the puzzle that is not my reality. Um, and so I would really like to figure out what sort of challenges um, that they pose, uh, those laws pose when, with regards to programming artists. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? It's really heartening to see the the positive response to this study. It's, you know, you put a lot of time and effort into into a project like this. It's really meaningful to me. And to see the response from Marissa Moss at Rolling Stone or Harley at Billboard and just uh, everyone on on Twitter and Facebook who have shared it, who have commented on it, who have shared their stories, um, it's just, I feel like a really lovely community is now forming around um, this topic. And And I'm also really grateful to the support and collaboration with Women Nashville, without whom a study like this would not be possible. And so, you know, there there are always going to be naysayers and there's all there are always going to be those who really challenge and don't like what you have to say and that's fine. They have their interpretation and and we'll always have our understanding of what we're hearing and seeing. But the beautiful thing that's come of this is a really strong community who are who are just building around um, these issues. Thank you so much for taking on this work and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. To learn more about Dr. Watson's work, head to songdata.ca. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Connie Thiessen.
Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.